Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel and the podcast, the first video slash audio version of this show in the new decade 2020 hope you all had a happy and healthy new year we have a four game nba slate to break down today and i do have game by game notes i'll be on the awesome youtube channel breaking down this slate live at 9 30 a.m with josh engelman follow him on twitter at josh engelman follow me as well on twitter at salvetry dfs but if you want my game by game notes they're in depth they're on probably somewhere around Oh, I don't know. There's eight games on the slate, probably somewhere around 35 to 40 player breakdowns in there and just some analysis on them. You can head over to my Instagram. I'm trying to pump that up. I will post a story where you can find a private link to pretty much get these game by game notes for totally free. So check that out. Follow me over on Instagram. Um, When you're over there, all you have to do is hit the follow button and then wait for the story to pop up later today. We're almost at 2000, 2000 followers on Instagram. So just a little bit of an incentive to try and get that number to 2000. And then also for you guys, you get the free game by game notes. I personally stayed up all night last night, um, got back pretty late from um, just an acorn drop here in North Carolina. Very interesting, but very cool experience to go to in downtown Raleigh. Uh, But got back late, ended up just doing all the research, ended up looking into the PGA slate more, just couldn't fall asleep. So opened up the new year right with uh, pretty much staying up all night. Um, So excuse me if my voice cracks at all. I don't think it should, but thank you for being here. Hit that subscribe button. My goal is to hit 20,000 subscribers before the Super Bowl, pretty much by the end of January. That would be a huge goal of mine. We just crushed through 17,600. Thank you all so much for 2019. I'm excited for 2020. You all rock. I have Patreon-exclusive content where my NBA projections live, as well as a player pool and a ton of other stuff. PGA content going to be going out today, a Closing Thoughts podcast over there on Patreon, as well as NFL content as well already dropping and more to come. So check that out as well. That is linked up down below on Patreon. I'll also link it up above once we get to the early interest of this video. So subscribe button on the audio version, hit the subscribe button, five-star rate and reviews. Appreciate you all so much and head over to Instagram. Be sure to hit the follow button over there. Let's get into it with starting with injury news, and a lot of it for a four-game slate today. Bradley Beal for Washington is questionable with a leg injury still, so all the guards will be impacted, but he did practice fully Tuesday. So that's big news. I'm going to project him in right now. For Portland, um, you're going to end up having Mario Hazonia. So no major news here. There's some guys who are in the 3K range, bare minimum price. I'll gloss over them because a lot of these injury news is not really going to impact the slate. Like Mario Hazonia, if he was out, Gary Trent Jr., Anthony Simons might see a little bit extra run. He's questionable. Frank Kaminsky at this point with DeAndre Ayton back and Aaron Baines back. He is questionable with a knee, but it doesn't matter all that much. He's just going to be playing sparing minutes. Orlando is going to have Aaron Gordon questionable with an Achilles. He missed the last game. We saw Evan Turner, or we saw um, Evan Fournier see huge minutes in 37 range. We saw Jonathan Isaac see sort of his minutes ceiling around 33. Vooch saw 35. Wes Owando had 25, and Terrence Ross had 28. He did not practice on Tuesday, so I currently have him not projected in. He did not step on the court on Tuesday in their practice at all in any capacity. Orlando also will not have Michael Carter-Williams once again. That'll help DJ Augustine, who's been playing very close to 30 minutes per game. Game, a solid 28 per game, and also Markel Fultz, who's been playing around 30 minutes per game as of late as well. 
For New York, none of this really matters all too much, but the fact that they're all questionable, Frank Neokina, Dennis Smith Jr., and Damian Dotson, instead of being out, is going to be interesting. If they were all to be ruled in, they're all 3,000 to 3,200 for the Knicks, but it will affect the minutes of, I would imagine, um, Damian, or it would affect the minutes of all three of them, one, but then also probably your your Alfred Payton to an extent, who right now, all three of these guys being out, he's just benefiting from playing 30-plus minutes a game because there's not much depth behind him, so keep an eye on that. Uh, If one of them was to be in Damian Dotson, I don't think it matters too much. If Dennis Smith Jr. was to be in, I really don't think it matters all that much. But if two or three were, then yeah, it starts to impact Alfred Payton, whose price is coming up. This is where it gets pretty wild on this slate. Minnesota. Carl Anthony Towns is out today. Andrew Wiggins is out today. Jeff Teague is doubtful, probably not going to play today. Jake Lehman remains out today. Questionable is Noah Vonley and Trevion Graham. So just right off the bat, Gorgie Dang is going to be starting um, at the center position once again. Shabazz Napier, I imagine, starts at the shooting guard position. You saw uh, Kayleen Martin start at the small forward position for Andrew Wiggins the last game the last two games and have decent performances um got to the 20s the high 20s and the low 20s in those two games so an interesting spot here everybody else will be impacted right robert covington at the four we'll see a ton more usage naz reed in the last game who was the backup center played 20 minutes and was spotting up from three not jumping did not have a jump shot from three he had his feet on the floor shooting three pointers i believe he made two of those everybody's going to be impacted here even trevion graham and noah vonley who are questionable currently the crazy news is, well, they're playing Milwaukee today, and we'll get to it, but they're 17-point underdogs. Uh, it's a very interesting spot because, look, you don't like to project blowouts into your, your NBA projections, but probably not giving Giannis 32 minutes today. Might not even give him 30. Might just give him 28 and try and project that in a little bit because 17-point favorites without your three best players is impactful. This is really going to help Gorgie Ding and Shabazz Napier, Robert Covington the most, but man, they have endless cheap players. Um, Jarrett Culver, small sample on when all these guys are off the court, but he ends up having 156 minutes, the biggest sample of that, 0.73 fantasy points per minute. Gorgie Ding's at 1.26 fantasy points per minute and about 100 minutes with the three main guys off the court in Town, Teague's, uh, Town Teague, Towns, Teague, and Wiggins. You also have Shabazz Napier right around 0.98, a fantasy point per minute. He's going to be forced into having to play, I believe, somewhere around 34 to 35 minutes today. So lots to happen here. Bates Diapo will see a huge bump. Um, He's a guy who drives a lot, but also shoots the three-pointer. The best shot selection you could have is driving, getting to the rim, but then also taking the high upside shots in terms of three-pointers, the more efficient shots, more effective shots for your game, and especially for DFS. So that's a huge spot that we'll have to break down when we get to the early interests, and it's going to impact this slate a ton. 17-point underdogs today against Milwaukee without their top three players and potentially three rotational players as well. Giannis draws the probable tag. That hurts Ursan. That hurts Chris Middleton's usage. And Anthony Davis also draws the probable tag for the Lakers today. That hurts McGee, Howard, and LeBron James' overall minutes and upside, especially the minutes for McGee and Howard. Let's get into the target offense sheet. We'll briefly go through that and then get to the early interests. So the first target offense sheet of 2020 does feature currently, as I blow this up as big as we can get it just for everybody viewing, it does, oh, perfect, it does feature currently four teams. I'll just point on some of the big things. Milwaukee is a 122.5 team total, the highest on the slate. They are the team with the 17.5 team total or or 17.5 line today in terms of being favorites against Minnesota, who is down a ton of guys. This game is going to be so fast-paced. The two fastest-paced teams on the slate today, right now you have Washington as pretty much a tie with Minnesota for second, and then Milwaukee, the fastest-paced team on the slate. They're going to push each other for a pace of 109.2. 
That is one of the higher ones you will see on the season. 103 is about the 103 and a half is about the league average pace. 109.2, it's going to be a track meet. Now, without their main guys in there, maybe it's not as much of a track meet, but this bodes well for guys like Shabazz Napier. It bodes well for guys like Jared Culver, Josh Okoji, some of the players who will have the balls in their hand and controlling the offense on the Minnesota side, as well as the Milwaukee side, just really hard to predict. Eric Bledsoe, who's still in a minutes limit. Then George Hill continuously going to play 18 to 20 minutes with Bledsoe back. Doesn't help all that much. Middleton probably in this one, if it even stays close. If it wasn't, if it was to stay close, plays 32 minutes. If it does what it says it's going to do at a 17-point spread, probably plays 28 minutes. Um, so it's really hard to kind of see how this really impacts the Milwaukee side. Um, but for the for the Minnesota side, yeah, there's going to be a lot of impact, and they just don't have bodies at this point. They're going to be down four guys, potentially six. They just don't have bodies to worry about blowout run. They're probably going to run tight rotations already, and there's not many guys who they're going to be pulling off the court because of it's a blowout. Maybe Robert Covington. I don't know who else at this point. Um, looking into this more, the Lakers are 11-point favorites. They have the second-highest team implied total today in a game that features the third-fastest-paced game, also above average pace by about one possessions per team, 104.5 projected pace in my model, Lakers and Phoenix. Lakers 11-point favorites, like I said, 118.75 team implied total, a 226.5 overall total. I think LeBron James might be my favorite payup option on the slate if we're talking all the way to the top. He's 10-3. Look, there's no towns on the slate. Giannis, I'm going to project for a little bit less due to the 17-point spread here. Uh, and LeBron James has just been absolutely incredible. Close to a, a 48% assist rate this year. The guy is currently close to a 40% usage rate in his 17th season. He is an absolute monster currently. The rebounding rate is one of the highest on the team, rivaling Anthony Davis. He's around a 16% rebounding rate. Davis is somewhere in the 19% range. You just have LeBron James doing absolutely everything out there. He's averaging close to 1.5 fantasy points per minute currently this season. If I just pull up some more of the stuff that's happening with LeBron, obviously it's, it's very similar stuff in terms of his drive rate being the same. His steals are about 1.6%, and it's marvelous how the guy is in one of the lowest percentiles and how he just does not foul. 1.8% foul rate this year is one of the lowest in the entire league for a guy who is on the field or is on the court for 35 minutes a game and is just nonstop being aggressive. Uh, it's very interesting to see those types of disparities. If we go to Washington and Orlando, Orlando are six and a half point favorites, 113.25 team implied total and a 220 game total today over Washington. This is the second fastest pace game on the slate. I have it projected for a two possession per team bump here and lots of interesting pieces. You, you look over at Washington and they're all going to have difficult matchups against Orlando. Aaron Gordon, if he was to be out again, did not practice on Tuesday. It would be very beneficial, of course, for the rest of the Washington team. Bradley Beal did practice on Tuesday, so I'm projecting him in. We have to kind of see and wait. Hopefully, there's no minutes limit. Hopefully, we get that news because then you can project Beal for his 38 to 39 minutes instead of maybe some limited role around 35. Now, he's priced down for this matchup and maybe a potential minutes limit because he's only 8,700. But with all of these players off the court, with all of their bigs off the court, right? Bertans, Rui, Hechemaria, Thomas Bryant. Um, Mo, Mo Wagner, all of them off the court. He's averaging close to 1.35 fantasy points per minute this season. His three-point shooting continues to be his season, his career low, but his usage rivals career highs at 33.2%, assists around 28.2%. Hard to ignore that. And then you also get into it, and he continues to drain the mid-range shots and get to the basket. He's been very effective. It's hard to ignore that price tag on a guy, even in this matchup. When I look at the rest of Washington, they're all priced up. Jordan McRae, thank you for your performance two nights ago. Helped my wallet a lot, the most that it's helped in a long time, probably all of 2019. 
But I appreciate that, Jordan McRae. But now you're priced up to almost $6,000 with potentially um, Bradley Beal coming back. That doesn't bode well for you. I don't think you're fully out of play on a four-game slate, but I don't really want to prioritize it. Troy Brown, 16% usage rate, 12.5% assists, 0.91 fantasy points per minute this season. Bradley Beal coming back just ruins his usage and overall upside at the price point. Jan Mahimni's played 28 minutes in back-to-back games. He's averaged so far this season 1.02 fantasy points per minute. But now you get a matchup against Vooch for a guy who stays right next to the basket. And he shot 10 of 11 in that last game to go off. Once again, thank you so much, Jan Mahimni. Two of three from three-point range on the 30th of December, you're probably not going to see that all that much once again. He's only He's got about 11.8% offensive rebounding rate, which is pretty good. It's, it's, it's elite at that point, but he does have foul trouble concerns at 5.6%. It's one of the higher ones in the league, 16.2% usage. I think Mahimni's in play and okay, but really from this team, all I want to target is Bradley Beal. You have Isaiah Thomas. He's still there around a fantasy point per minute production. Lots of usage up there around 25% usage, 25% assists. 43% of his shots are from three-point land where he makes 41% of them. So those are all good numbers for fantasy purposes, but there's just so many guards at this point, especially with the emergence and the consistent play over the last really two games, but even before his injury of Jordan McRae this season. On the Orlando side, man, it's hard not to like Orlando when you have a Washington team that ranks dead last in offensive rebounding rates and also effective field goal percentage to their opponents. So their opponents are shooting the best effective field goal rates in the league and having the best offensive rebounding rates in the league. So enter Nikola Vucevic, who is somehow so cheap at $8,200 today. The guy is averaging a 24% usage rate, 18% assist, 25% defensive rebounding. It's incredible that he just doesn't get in foul trouble too. You can pay for him and feel confident with his 2.5% foul rate. That's very similar to a lot of the, the shooting guards and small forwards who aren't down low right where you're going to pick up fouls and he's a center playing against and blocking some of the better and more aggressive players in the league and he's that good and that nimble I think Evan Fournier is really nice as well. The guy is a 57.1% effective field goal rate, best on the team. He's shooting an elite 50% from mid-range and 41% from three. You love to see that. 25% usage, 17.4% assists. And like I said, if Aaron Gordon is out, it's going to help his minutes a ton. Played 37 minutes in the last game as opposed to the normal 32 or 33 you'll get from him each night out there. I like that a lot. I think there's a lot of value that you can get to if you wanted to. DJ Augustine's going to play 28 to 30 minutes. Augustine has a pretty elite in his time. 28.3% assist rate leads this entire team. Fultz is at 5K. I think he plays 28 to 30 minutes. He's driving so much like he usually does, but even more this year. 45% of his shots are at the rim for a point guard. That just shows you that he's getting to the basket. And I hate to break it to you, nobody on Washington's really going to block these anybody who's driving all that much, especially Fultz with his high drive rate. Um, you have Orlando giving up the second fewest turnovers per possession in the league this season, and with the most effective field goal percentage given up by uh, the Orlando or the Washington Wizards is today. You're pretty much going to have the Orlando Magic keeping all of their possessions in the highest upside spot for shooting, excuse me. So, yes, Evan Fournier, Nikola Vucevic, my priorities from this team and also from the Washington side, Bradley Beal. Let's get into some of my early interests, and that's where I'll break down some of these New York and Portland players as well. Once again, on the early interests, and while I'm here, I'll mention that I do have linked up above my NBA player projections. It's the start of a new month, start of a new year. So if you do want to get in on those, you can check it out linked up down below. Pretty good for anybody's budgeting reasons. You can get it right at the beginning of the season and you right at the beginning of the year. And you could also get it, excuse me, as I get this out, there we go. And you could also get it just right at the beginning of the month for your monthly, your yearly budget, whatever it might be, get it all squared away, situated. It is linked up above. Check that out. And if you want to head over to Instagram, follow me over there. I'll post an Instagram story with a link to my game by game notes today. Appreciate that. 
I have this broken up by team today and not salary. Um, so when we just look at it, the guys at the top, I mentioned it, 10-3 LeBron James is probably my favorite payup option. There's a lot of value on the slate. Some of it doesn't seem fantastic. Some of it seems pretty good, and I feel stable in at least getting like 26 to 28 minutes of production out of it. Um, and then there's some mid-range options that are great. So yeah, I think you can go either way, like last night's slate, the four-game slate, with this slate. LeBron James, again, is probably my favorite payup option. 36.6% usage, 48.7% assists, 16.7% defensive rebounding rate, and he just doesn't get into foul trouble. I like that for a team with the second-highest team total on the slate. Anthony Davis, a 28% usage rate, around 16% assists, 19% defensive rebounding, and 3.7 blocks per game. I do like Anthony Davis as well. Not as much as LeBron James, but for $400 less, hard not to like him. He's been playing a consistent 36 minutes per game as of late. LeBron, I'm going to probably project for around 35 minutes in this one. In the next game, we head to Milwaukee, where I really don't trust a 1.9 per minute producer in Monster Giannis, but I don't trust anywhere near 32 minutes of play. I don't trust 30. I'm going to probably put him at 28. And at that point, if I'm giving LeBron 35 and Giannis 28, his minutes production that is probably 0.4 more or 0.45 per minute higher than LeBron starts to balance out. And there's even more upside for LeBron to play 36 to 38 and even more downside, in my opinion, for Giannis to play 26 to 27. So it's a scary situation. The guy that I have on here from Milwaukee, and I'm hesitant to list anybody, is just Pat Connington. And you, you really have to take a risk here if you wanted to play him. He's gotten blowout run in two of the last three games. It's just a spot that he's 3,600. And if this game does blow up by 17 points in the entire third half, third quarter, midway through in the entire fourth quarter, he's probably the guy who gets the biggest bump there. From Minnesota, yeah, there's a lot to like here. I mean, when they're not top three players are out, a 1.26 fantasy point per minute producer is Gorgie Dang in 100 minutes with no Teague, Wiggins, or Towns on the court. He's a guy who has a 10.3% usage rate as a center. He shoots 38% of his shots from three, 16% um, or 10.3% assist rate, 16.3% usage, and 21% defensive rebounding. At 6,400, he's not overpriced, in my opinion. He's just going to have to be forced into playing 34 minutes in this one for a guy who will shoot the three and contribute in multiple ways. Shabazz Napier is a guy who has a 25% usage rate, an elite 32% assist rate. He's a steals guy as well. 56% of his shots are from three-point range. This is huge for tournament upside, right? A guy who has an elite assist percentage, and now there's not a lot of guys who can score out there maybe, so it hurts him a little bit with no Wiggins, with no Teague, with no Towns, so maybe his assist percentage drops tonight, or at least his expected assist percentage, but it'll still be the highest on the court. It'll still hover around at least somewhere the 28% range, in my opinion, even with worst players on the court. And then you also have a situation where he shoots a ton of threes. So his spike nights for GPPs are surely there. I just like all of Minnesota. Robert Covington at 5,700. He's a guy who's going to see somewhere around 20% usage with these guys off the court, 15% defensive rebound. He's a blocks and steals guy. Uh, Bates Diapo is also a guy that I like. Again, I mentioned that he drives a ton. 41% of his shots are at the rim. 44% of his shots are from three. That is the best shot selection you can get. Getting to the rim for easy buckets and efficient and consistent. And then from three-point range is a more efficient shot than shooting a three-point jumper over the long term well because you get an extra point and in dfx you get an extra 1.5 points so i like that keelan martin started the last two games keep an eye on who starts at small forward whether it's bates diapa or martin that's who i probably prioritize just give them more minutes uh, martin played 35 minutes in the last game he shot 55 percent of his shots so far this season from three-point range 
heading to New York here. Uh, Julius Randle's 8,000. Yeah, he's expensive. It's hard to prioritize him, but he'll probably go low owned because of that price point. He's been balling out with 50, 60 point performances and at worst 40 point performances. You get Randle with a 27% usage rate, leads the team. 18% assist percentage as a power forward is fantastic. Close to a 20% defensive rebounding rate. He does not foul either. 2.9% fouls per play is below average for a power forward. It's a nice spot against Portland. If they were in set pieces, he would see Carmelo Anthony. I like Julius Randle at 8,000, and I'm hoping he's going to be low owned because of the price spike. RJ Barrett at 23% usage, 14% assists this season, 48% of his shots are at the rim, and close to 30% are three. Again, very good usage at 5,600. He's too cheap for a small shooting guard eligible player. Vooch, mentioned Vooch already at the top of the show. Um, you're going up against Washington's team that gives up the most offensive rebounds and the best effective field goal rate, and now Vooch is only 8,200 for a guy who doesn't foul, for a guy who contributes 25% usage close to it and 25% defensive rebounding rate. Also picks up assists. Hard not to like that. I like Fournier, so Vooch and Fournier in that order. This is the order of the that I like Orlando. Vooch, Fournier, probably DJ Augustine, Ross, and then Isaac. They're all on here outside of Isaac, um, but you can even put him on here. Uh, hard not to like DJ Augustine's 28% assists, 21% usage, close to 30 minutes per game as of late, especially if, well, or you already have no Michael Carter-Williams and if Gordon misses. If Gordon does miss, I like Ross, so this is contingent on if Gordon is in or out. But Terrence Ross this season, 54% of his shots are from three-point range, 20% usage. Uh, it's it's a nice spot at 4,200 on a four-game uh, slate for the NBA. Getting into uh, Phoenix, I don't really love Phoenix. I mean, the Lakers have been so good this season. They are currently um, sixth-best team at limiting points per possession, especially to guards. They're even better. They're top three at limiting points per possession to guards. But I do have Devin Booker and Ricky Rubio on here because I think they're priced down a little bit too much for their matchup. Booker pushing a 30% usage rate, 28% assists currently. Um, only 27% of his shots are from three. Lots of mid-range shots and 34% of his shots at the rim. So I don't love to see that. It's interesting to see Booker's shot selection change from the last couple of years to get less three-pointers. I'm not sure if it's just a product of the scheme because also Ricky Rubio is not shooting a ton of three-pointers either. It's a similar shot chart. Um, to Booker, but Rubio does have a 38.6% assist percentage, one of the best assist guys in the league. He is cheaper than Booker. I think currently I would prefer getting to Booker, um, but they're both in play because of how cheap they are today. I think CJ McCollum's in play. You're going to get your 36 to 37 minutes of close to a fantasy. He's exactly a fantasy point per minute, 1.00 fantasy point per minute production this year. Carmelo Anthony, if you were to go there, you're getting a slight price discount today. I think Anthony's interesting. Look, he's been terrible in terms of effective field goal rate. 37% of his shots are from three and brutal, just 52% field goal percentage field goal percentage at the rim. That is bottom 8 percentile in the entire league. It's not good. His effective field goal rate is 44.2%. That is bottom 10 percentile in the league for a power forward. He's just out there so much. He's going to play 35 minutes at a minimum, probably closer to 37 minutes, and he's going to take and be able to take 15 to 20 shots. On on an off night, he'll be taking 15 shots. So there's just so much to go around, 23% usage rate. He's 60 or he's 5,900. He's not a priority for me. I prefer Napier. I prefer Covington. I prefer R.J. Barrett, but he's definitely in play. Anthony Simons at 3,400 has been playing minutes as of late. 0.73 fantasy point per minute producer this season. He's a 63% finisher when he gets to the rim and 36% from three. So he's shooting good from both those areas. He's just not getting to the rim all that much. 40% of his shots are from three, and he's a heavy mid-range jumper um, shooter. So I want to see him get to the rim more, but at 3,400, playing minutes as of late, it's no lock. It's no guarantee, but he's at least in play. And then finally, at the beginning of the show, I touched on Bradley Beal um, practicing on Tuesday. I like that. I like just everything you're seeing from him. Close to a 1.35 fantasy point per minute producer with these guys off the court. It's a brutal matchup for sure. It's going to be a slow pace spot um, for him. 
as opposed to normal against um, Orlando, a tough defensive spot. But he's only 8,700 for a guy who's going to play, if healthy, and if we get this news that he's going to have no minutes limit, 38 minutes at 1.3 plus fantasy point per minute production. I like that a lot. Three-point shooting is down, but he continues to just be elite from the mid-range and also get to the basket. So... Thank you so much for tuning into my first show of the 2020 season. Be sure to head over to Instagram. Hit me with a follow. You might as well head, head over to Twitter as well. I post updates there at DFS. But also on Instagram, I'll be posting a story for my game-by-game notes where you can find a link for those. I do appreciate you tuning in. So hit that subscribe button. The goal is to get to 20,000 subscribers by the end of January. It's a goal. It's a bold goal maybe, but I really hope that we get there. It's, it's a huge priority for me. So thank you so much. I hope that you enjoyed this video today for the NBA 4-game slate 4. January 1st, 2020. It is 7.50 a.m. Going to get this video up to all of you right now. Check out my Patreon exclusive content linked up above if you click the little I button, but also linked up down below in the description. You'll find some other things as well. Also, my Instagram is in the description for an easier access to get there and hit that follow button. Same thing with my Twitter account as well. You all rock. Have a great start to your 2020. Happy New Year. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.